Yeah, I had a weird experience today. Do tell. So, I am working in a place. This is not really doxing myself, I don't think. I won't give the time it takes me to get there. It's a long time. A place called Point Roberts. And to those of you who don't know where Point Roberts is, because why would you? It is on the far northwest side of the United States. In order to get, get to Point Roberts, you have to go up into Canada and then drop down. It's not connected to the mainland. So it's below it's below the US border, but not connected in any way. So you have to basically go around. It's a long drive for me to get up there for work. So everybody everybody up there is is cut off from the mainland United States. During a pandemic, people who are not working essentially have a very, very difficult time if not a possible time, uh, you know, going down into Canada or through to the United States. I have a pretty easy time because I'm working. Well, suffice it to say, it seems like everybody on this, it's basically an island. It's not actually, but basically is. It seems like everybody on this island knows each other. And if you drive a new truck down there, it's like out of a horror movie. Everyone's like looking at you and like waving at you. Like, oh, it's a new truck. It's a new person. New guy in town. It's a new guy in town. Yeah, it's that kind of an environment. And it's even more inconspicuous when you're driving a giant cube van. Well, anyways, um, I went to take a lunch today, which is something I don't often do. And that was my first mistake. But there's a little store. It's the only, like, general store on the island. And I was in the parking lot there in my truck. Okay. My windows are rolled up. It's cold outside. I'm just trying to enjoy my lunch. Some very heavy-set gentleman comes out of the store, right, with his mask on. And as he's walking by, as he's walking by the window, he, like, turns, looks straight through the window and yells, Hey, they make you pay for the minute sitting here. And I was like, yeah, I've heard that. And, like, went back to eating my food. Please go away. I don't... Why are you accosting me in my vehicle? So he walks behind me, and I continue eating. I look in, I look in the side mirror, and he's coming back up. He just finished unloading his car, and he's coming back up. I was like, oh, come on. Dude, I'm just trying to eat my lunch. I really don't want to talk to anybody right now. Well, he knocks on the window, and I roll it down. And he begins to tell me, he's like, uh, harassment aside, I, I have a I have a sauna. I live in a, a, a trailer, a, a mobile home of sorts, and the, the panel is right here. He's like gesturing in the air to me. It's right here and out out here on the south side I have a, a sauna. Um I've been waiting three years for the electrician out here. They have basically one electrician who does basically you know almost all the work. I've been waiting three years for him to come and, and fix it. It it works fine but it trips every once in a while. I was like, oh, okay, so you need someone out there to, to get that all fixed up for you. It's like, yeah. I said, well, my, my schedule is completely full. I'm, I'm wiring a house down here, so I have no extra time. Um, and we don't, we, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do hot tubs as side work. He goes, like his, his whole demeanor kind of shifted. He goes, oh, I, I understand, because you want to get paid more. You want me to go through the company. I was like, uh, I, I would not get paid more going through the company. I would get paid more doing it as side work. It has nothing to do with money. It has to do with liability. And he's like, 
Oh, really? It's like, yeah, well, yeah, because if if I if I screw something up or something goes drastically wrong and I'm not working for a company, that is that is fully liable on me. If I make a, a human toaster, like that's that's a that's an issue that I cannot resolve without a company. So he like got super pissy, and then um, he basically just went on to start like insulting the company itself. He's saying, well, "You guys are you guys are all out there just to make money, anyways." It's like <laughs> I didn't say this part, but are well, you? Well, yeah, are, we are a company. So, sir, are you <laughs> suggesting perhaps that the company with which I am working for is out there to make a profit? I dare say you might be onto something town. there. But we just chatted for a little bit, and uh, it was a very pleasant conversation. He was, he was a pleasant gentleman, and um, it's just a very weird experience. Are you saying that sarcastically, or did you actually have a pleasant conversation with him after this? It was. It wasn't pleasant. He ruined my entire lunch. It was like a 15-minute <laughs> conversation. We were, we were chatting. Seriously? And like he, he repeatedly, they were like part partly jokes, but then he would get pissed off, and he was super super adamant about it being called a sauna. I don't know why. He was telling me there's a. You should just call it a shower. Like, so your shower's not working so good. Well, like he kept or correcting me. Like, so, so what you're saying is you need to get a new. You want to run a new wire. You think it's the problem? He's like, yeah. Okay. Well, generally with hot tubs, it's a sauna. Generally with saunas, <laughs> it's like, dude. I did it twice. Then make the mistake again. Wow. I that too would have ruined my lunch if. <laughs> it was my entire lunch. Like you take a lunch for the first time in forever, and it's ruined by some random guy who just won't let you live. He's like, "Hey, I see you're new in town. Why don't we ruin it for you? Well, put yourself in his Never perspective. Never come back. If, like walking out into a parking lot and just seeing a truck, and then yelling at the guy in the truck through the window, and yeah. then coming back two minutes later to." Take up 15 like minutes of his lunch, hurt. and then accuse him of just being a greedy bastard and, and trying to have him go through the company. I, I told him, I was like, "Hey, uh, I'll tell you what. Here's the best way to do it. Call the office. We have a guy who comes up here regularly. It's not usually me up here, but call the office. Uh, get it all scheduled. It'll probably be a couple weeks. We are really booked right now. Well, he'll come up here, and we'll we'll do it when we have three or four other jobs. That way, you're not just getting shellacked for you know the drive time. He goes. Well, you're a company. I'll get shellacked anyways. I was like, all right. There's no talking to this guy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a some guy who just had a bone to pick and wants someone to complain at. I don't know. It's, it's like, like, well, you'll be waiting a couple more like, years. And even, I have to feel like, like it's, yeah. Well, let's just say all those other things weren't a factor. You still aren't obligated to fix his crap, regardless of whether you're doing it as a side gig or as company work. So the idea that he can just accost you into doing something, <laughs> whether it's a side gig or through the company or whether you're trying to get paid more or not, is completely none of his business because you're not obligated to do work for him if you don't want to. Well, exactly. Yeah, it was a ridiculous situation. But that's not what this is about. This is the Deep Fried Gaming Podcast. It's a podcast focused on games and game news. We focus on old games, new games, reviews, roasts, and retrospectives. I'm one of your hosts, Josh. And I am the other host, RJ. And full disclosure, I kind of wasn't paying attention to the intro, so if I repeated myself twice, which I may have done, soft apology. I'm all out of apologies for today, though. 
I just a soft have apology. a soft apology. My earphones are on the verge of death, so they keep shutting on and off. So I was going based on your lip movements as to when to cut in. <laughs> I was watching your face, and you had a look of confusion. So I was like, "Did I say something extraordinarily?" <laughs> no, stupid? I was looking at you. I was looking at your lips really intensely to make sure that I came in at the right time. <laughs> because right now, my my earphones right at this moment are going do 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 do. Dude, <laughs> repeated. Uh, well, what the crap? Do we just do a soft cut right here? Give them five minutes to charge. Maybe we could do that. That might be easier because it was going on and off like crazy. Five minutes later, and we're back, sliding back into them DMs. That was not five minutes, but it's okay. As long as his, I'll tell you, those wireless headphones seem like a lot more trouble than they're worth. How many of these uh, these recordings have you had issues with those things? That's not true. <laughs> I feel like here's the deal is that I've literally been on them all day and they've been running fine. It's just they have, you know, the thing with the wireless is that they have a battery life. And yeah, I didn't actually go into this evening thinking that we were going to record. So I did not plan accordingly in terms of my headset sure. charged. Sure. My mouse does that, but. Tonight... That's not even a worse thing to have die because you don't have speakers as you don't have any alternative to a mouse. It doesn't. It doesn't like beep in and out though. I just plug it directly, and I have I have the little cord here. That's fine. Gotcha. Gotcha. But tonight anyway. we are looking. We are going to analyze a game that we thought was a lost cause, as well as going into some more news. Uh, Titanfall Two, reviving one of our old lost games. Remember when we were talking about our disastrous month of November and the few failed attempts one of those was titanfall 2 not it November. failed to that was gonna be like rock. episode two or three no it wasn't that early it was pretty early it was pretty early but um i think you're losing track of literally how many games we dropped in a row for a while there <laughs> um i had an ongoing problem where for some reason ea games would just crash frequently for no reason it would just tell me that my vram was exceeded and then kaput even if I was running the game on low. Apparently, putting in a new motherboard and SSD solved this problem, and now it runs just beautifully. So I sat down this afternoon to see if it would work, and I just didn't stop until I beat the campaign. So now we have a completed campaign and a new game to record about. All right. Look at that. that for, is... once, for once in our lives, we're ahead of schedule. Ah, do not do that. We're not done yet. We're not ahead of schedule until that file is in our drive. <laughs> it's true. You're right. <laughs> Let's hop into it. Titanfall 2. A 2016 game. Sequel to Titanfall 1, which we have not played. However, I've heard it has not aged well. So how has Titanfall 2 aged? You know, I'd say pretty phenomenally. I think that a lot of the core gameplay elements are exactly like Apex Legends but more satisfying because it's not a battle royale. So a lot of the games are uh, in Apex, a lot of the movement style. The only thing that uh, exists in Titanfall 2 that doesn't in Apex is the wall running, which is a fantastic feature to have in a campaign shooter. So Wall running, overall, parkour, um, it seems it a great time. Where have I seen wall running before? Oh, God. A much much more inferior game that did not have good uh, good gameplay outside of the parkour aspect of it. Mirror's Edge. 
that was like the big thing when I first played it. Thinking to myself, how in the world would they bring back Mirror's Edge? And even though the parkour in Titanfall is is not the same parkour as in Mirror's Edge, uh, the coolest part of it, the wall running, is so much better. So much better. In, in Titanfall? Yeah, come on. Yeah, definitely. The movement course. in general is very satisfying. I don't yeah. know if we want to... This is why I can actually play Apex Legends for extended periods of time and not other battle royales. Is because even when you're not in combat, you're still having fun because the movement is so satisfying. Running around and just climbing and jumping and sliding is so fun. Yeah. Uh, let's do a little recap of the visuals. This is a 2016 game. So it's kind of in that era where things are going photorealistic, but it can be really hit or miss. Hmm. <laughs> I think, as far as visuals are concerned, everything was pretty stellar, except for when you get into like the actual facial animations. Yeah, that's always Other the roughest that, part. Other than that, that was the roughest part, and quite frankly, the only rough part. All of the movement for the creatures, humans, droids, uh, the titans, all of that was incredibly smooth. The UI or the HUD was incredibly exciting. It had a lot going on. There's a lot of things to look at and keep track of. The world was actually pretty cool and it didn't look too dated either. So overall, I'd say it aged pretty well. Yeah. And 2016, I don't think is as, as long ago as we'd like to believe. So we have a couple more years, you know, in the future when we can go look back on it again. And, and kind of reevaluate, but it's the it's the type of games that want to go photorealistic that do not generally age well. So it is nice to see a game like this from a couple of years ago that is not atrocious to look at. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I was playing a game from this era that I was just a little late to the party on, as opposed to a game from long ago that just totally felt like that I couldn't play anymore because it was so bad. And first-person shooters in particular are ones that yeah. don't lend themselves to date. Yeah, because yeah. it is always going for that realistic style. I said photorealism yeah. earlier. I don't think that's really the right word. But the 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 evolution not? of that, that visual style is intended to lead to photorealism. So That's fair. And I thought a lot of the sci-fi visuals on, on the game were pretty fun, too, and it didn't get too outside of its own realm of attainability yeah the the one big thing i think for the in my opinion nothing was like stellar it was pretty run-of-the-mill and probably very average for the time uh the comparisons that i went through it's not like exceptional but there's nothing wrong with it the the highlights were the the big set pieces Mm -hmm. which we'll get into kind of the story and stuff later the set pieces and the explosions there's one in particular that I thought was really cool. There's like a slow motion type explosion sequence that was very, very cool to look at. But all of the set pieces they did a great job on. And that's the most important part to me. Because those are the parts you're the most engaged and it really matters the most. Mm-hmm. So for sure. The the bread and butter of Titanfall though is really the gameplay. It's only a six hour game. Uh, there's nine or so levels or stages. And like you were saying earlier, the movement 
It is one of the main things about this game that I really enjoy. Movement and shooting mechanics. What did you think about the, the shooting? Uh, I thought that it was kind of... It's pretty run-of-the-mill, but yeah. I thought that there's one thing that was kind of frustrating is the lack of kill indicators. It had headshot hit mark indicators, but didn't have kill shot indicators, oh. which was super aggravating because sometimes you'd kill something, you'd shoot it in the head, and then you'd think that it was dead, and then it would get up off the ground like after resting for three seconds and then like hit you in the back. That was mm -hmm. pretty frustrating. I'm not gonna lie, especially when you're kind of in in a rhythm and you're like clearing stuff out quickly. There, it'd be nice to have a way to mentally check off enemies instead of having to like turn and check to make sure that they're not getting back up to cap you. But <laughs> getting back you up know, to cap you, I'll, like it's a first-person shooter. There's only so much innovation that you can have. In terms of the actual gameplay, like that. There's only so much innovation you can have in terms of shooting. However, there's a lot of backtracking you can do. Uh, you can have I very like clunky. You... you can have very clunky, awful shooting mechanics, right? Explain. Like you're, you're you're correct. Have you never played a game with like bad shooting mechanics? Everything feels floaty or drifty. It doesn't feel concise. Like like there's mouse acceleration on twenty four seven as uh like programmed into the game that's what it feels like um no i haven't any game that i played on a mouse and keys has always been the same experience where it's relatively it's as precise as i can aim with my mouse anything that gotcha. has acceleration i turn it off even dated right. games i'm just saying it almost sometimes feels like that it just feels a little drifty or imprecise well and that's i can't do to refresh rate in my experience yeah but one of the big things about Shooting games is, is the sound, right? I don't know how much that really factors into the, the quality of the shooting mechanics, but if a gun is not satisfying to shoot, that certainly detracts from the experience of shooting things. That as well as, you know, the visual slash audio, audio, audible audio indicators when you hit enemies. Yeah, I think the, those are both solidly in place. Yeah, I especially like the little high-pitched... Yeah. <laughs> That you get when you get headshots. <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously the gameplay is the game's strongest point. You know, we talked about ages ago. Feels like it takes to how it kept throwing new mechanics at you the entire game. It kept it interesting. I felt like Titanfall kind of did that too. For example, having the time level, they kept adding new weapon kits for your Titan, and they added the zappy gun for manipulating the world around you for parkour purposes and honestly they kept the pacing between titans first person just regular guy james cooper shooter and parkour exploration pretty balanced i was always looking forward to being a titan when i wasn't and i was always looking forward to running around the world as james really? Cooper when i was in a titan that's a point of diversion then you didn't like the Titan? See, when I, when I talk about floaty combat, the Titans felt very floaty. I understand. It's, it's a giant mech suit. It shouldn't feel laser precise. But it wasn't very satisfying to use. So initially when I hopped into the Titan, it was super exciting, right? Because you're in a giant machine and you're going to blow the crap out of some stuff. Mm -hmm. But the uh, fighting with it 
felt really rudimentary in a in a bad way. It didn't feel like there was much strategy to it. Whereas if you're fighting on foot, there's a lot of different cover you can duck, bob, and weave, and you got to use your reloads at the right time, and um, you have to use your terrain more efficiently, right? There's a lot of things that go into being good at a first-person shooter. What do you saw on harder difficulties? But with the Titans, I didn't feel that kind of uh, that kind of experience until much later on, when you had five, six, seven different types of Titans, and you had to switch between them. At that point, it, it was a little more engaging, and I did enjoy it. But in a six-hour game, when you only have the last three, maybe even two hours uh, as Titans that are actually enjoyable, it did feel like yeah. a bit of a weak point to me. I think Titans at the beginning are the weakest point because you only have one or two kits to work with. But by the time you get three or four, it felt solidly engaging to me just because it was so variant in the kinds of classes that they had and all the perks that they had and all that kind of stuff. And especially the last level where you're doing the full frontal assault on mm -hmm. that base and you have all of your available kits, picking the right one actually played a substantial role in that instance as to whether or not you're actually going to get out alive. Whereas all the other situations with Titans, you could pretty much pick anyone. And as long as you kind of played it safe, you were good. But the other, that last fight in particular with the Titans, it was very, fun because you actually had to pick wisely and think a little bit harder yeah um, once it implemented a little more uh, thinking into it to where you couldn't just grab titan shoot guy until he's dead that's all it really was at the beginning and and it wasn't it wasn't satisfying combat wise it never really did get satisfying combat wise with the titans but the there's a little bit more of a puzzle to it to where you had to actually work with the different kits you had select the right ones and use them in conjunction with each other to take down enemies my recording pause for a second is okay. Uh, Clap sync on three. Three, two, one. Perfect. Been there, done that. I know how to fix it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's good. So. My little thing took a little spill. Yeah. It's a fine. It's fine. Anyway. Nice. Uh, how long is a second? Like five seconds. Ten seconds. Oh, I gotcha. Um, anyway. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's all I really have to say about gameplay. I mean, it, it was fun. It's definitely one of the more fun campaigns of like a first-person shooter that I've played. But at the end of the day, it's it's a campaign for a first-person shooter. There's only so much that you can do when you're still adopting the large framework that Call of Duty has laid out as a how-to-run-your-Call-of-Duty campaign. So the gameplay can only be so progressive and interesting so yeah well if you only thought the gameplay was so progressive and interesting what about the story because i thought the gameplay was much stronger than the story those three or four of those levels the the, the set pieces the little house one um the effect and effect and cause obviously the arc which is the sky chase sequence and then the final full weapon level yeah those that's... four i thought were really good and oh, the story okay. is there. It's serviceable, and it's actually like decent. Mm -hmm. I, I felt surprisingly att attached to BT. our boy BT, but I don't remember a whole lot of it. That's fair. Well, and I'll note that just because it's not changing a lot doesn't mean that it's not executing what it's aiming to do really, really well. So 
I do think that the, the gameplay is fantastic, even if it's not, you know, changing a bunch of stuff. As for the story, I think serviceable is about the best term for it that I could think of. The story itself doesn't really have a lot of variance to it. It's not like you were unraveling some huge mystery about this weapon and there was this huge climax or anything like that. It was mostly just run around, do stuff, boss fight. And so the only real story there mm-hmm. uh, is BT and James Cooper. And while yeah. Ron's story, I guess we could give the premise of the game. It's not; It hasn't really been important up to this point in time. But the basic premise of the game is that you're a, a rifleman in this militia against the what's essentially the empire of the Titanfall universe. And the person who is kind of taking you under his wing is a Titan pilot. And he gets killed in action during a shipwreck. And you take over his Titan. And then you have to proceed to get from point A to point B alive to rendezvous with your commander. And a lot of stuff happens along the way. And it basically ends with you doing a Death Star at the end of episode four of Star Wars thing. Mm -hmm. Where you have to destroy the planetary destruction weapon. Now that I think about it, they kind of borrow a lot of stuff from (laughs) Star Wars. but And yet it's still better than the new trilogy. Which says nothing. Because everything is better (laughs) than that. Other than Last of Us 2. At any rate, oh, the Titans and their pilots create a neural link when they uh, form their pilot-Titan relationship. And the two of them, BT and James Cooper, get closer over the course of the game. There's a protective impulse in BT to not let Cooper die. And likewise, there's a desire for Cooper to see out what's best for BT. So... It's serviceable. There isn't really much movement. It's just your classic two characters looking out for each other kind of situation. Okay, so it's about this point in in, in the recording that we do note that the the pilot's name is Jack Cooper, not James Cooper. Oh. But it's okay because they only say his name a very small handful of times. He's just Cooper. In my defense... BT, the person who's referring to Cooper most frequently, only ever refers to him as Cooper or pilot. Yeah. And all the other commanders or militia fighters refer to you as pilot or Cooper as well. So the fact that I didn't know his first name isn't the end of the world. Anyway. No, it's not. But considering the huge amount of hate mail we get, it's just one less thing to have to worry about. Yeah, at least we're nipping it in the bud this time. Right. You played this game far, far back into the past <laughs> than I did. What were your thoughts yeah. from your vague memories of it? We've never fully disclosed our own proclivities in video games. Mine is generally not towards first-person shooters, so I, I, I do admit some of, somewhat of a, a blind spot uh, as far as shooters go and what genuinely makes up a good first-person shooter. However... The ones I've tried in the past, and generally why I don't play them, I just don't find them fun. I don't play a lot of shooters like that because I just don't enjoy them. So the fact that I did enjoy this means that I thought it was pretty good. We've already been through going through the the entirety of it, all the little details, nitpicks, and here here and there. But yeah, I I, I liked it. I I thought it was a really solid game, a serviceable story. It was compelling enough that I actually finished it, and short enough that it didn't overstay its welcome. 
And I would play a sequel if they released it, but <laughs> they won't. They won't. They're too lazy. They know that they can make money off of Apex instead because they're losers. Well, then let's move on to the news. I have a couple news stories here. We have been we have been dipping in the Halo trough pretty frequently as of late. And we are going to do so again tonight. The first story comes from uh, PC Gamer. Halo subreddit has been shut down for the weekend due to toxicity. Some users on the sub have even been responsible for doxing and death threats, said the moderators in a statement made last night. We're temporarily putting the sub on lockdown so people can hopefully settle down a bit and we can hit the reset button before launch. At the end of the day, this is a video game and the level of vitriol is unwarranted. Ridiculous, dude. Kind of kind of unbelievable. I have a couple complaints about this. First, the obvious. You're getting this angry over a video game. You should probably <laughs> go out, breathe some fresh air, go on a run, eat some healthy food, and maybe step away from your computer for at least a month or two if you're making death threats to people over subreddit over a video game. And, and you're getting angry on a subreddit over a video game that's actually good. Like, that's yes. actually not a bad game. That it has issues, thing. but what game doesn't have friggin' issues? On top of this is that the Halo franchise has had a rough stretch of years of really bad yeah. releases, poor maintenance, other such things. And you chose the one game that they're actually giving you good quality content to go ham on the subreddit to the extent that they shut down the subreddit for a few days. It doesn't really seem like the best extension of gratitude towards the developers. Well, first of all, it's not the developer's fault. The The developers are, are pushed to deadlines by the higher ups, right? So if you want to send death threats to someone, first of all, don't. And second of all, it's not the developer's fault. Why, why do people consistently yell at devs as if this is their, their idea, as if they're the masterminds behind greedy pay-to-win schemes? They're yeah. not. They have to implement what they're told to. Right? Yeah. And it, and yeah, second of all, second of all, they're listening. The the greedy higher ups or whatever you want to call them, they're listening. And they've already patched in one of the one of the huge issues was the fact that the battle pass was ridiculous. I did the math on it and I uh it would take pretty close to two hundred hours to go all the way through the battle pass. That's just a rough estimate, considering my progress and the fact that I think it's an it's an even a uh, thousand points per level. That's a long friggin' time for a battle pass. So they've already like, patched in some stuff to help alleviate some of the the ob obnoxious ways you have to gain XP. And another big complaint people are having is the mixing of deathmatch game modes and other actual objective-based games being mixed into the same playlist and they're segregating those two sets of game modes too. Mm -hmm. Look, the game has issues, right? The things that are that are broken in this game are not fundamentally baked into the Halo cake. These are things that are in the menu or just a, a matter of adjusting from a non-game designer perspective, adjusting a couple numbers and knobs, right? These are not things that are, are going to be permanently in the game for the next six to however many years until the next Halo game. And so the fact that they're angry over this stuff, that's being fixed within weeks, right? Bef 
I mean, before the actual full game is even launched, is is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And doxing and death threats. Goodness, man. I mean, I guess it's just the residual, the Xbox, uh, Xbox games with gold, baby. I guess it, like the only justifiable excuse for something to the extent of doxing and death threats is something like a Last of Us Two scenario. Then, oh then goodness. you're justified. <laughs> Otherwise, you gotta stop. You yourself. gotta stop bashing that game because you haven't played it. I know. I just, I am hating on behalf of other people because their childhood favorite game was destroyed yeah. by a dummy. So no, it's like the same frustration I feel right now for Battlefield 2042. I haven't touched that game, but I'm very frustrated with it because I know Alex is so unhappy with it. Yeah. I mean, totally get the feeling. Yeah. You, you know what? Like, oh, I have an aside to talk about as far as these things are concerned. Yeah. Go so ahead. you mentioned earlier, you know, I can't really hate it too much because I haven't played it. But on the flip side, Neil Druckmann doesn't deserve my money. He made a terrible game. Why would I buy something that I know is trash just so I can justifiably, scare quotes, hate on it? Why is it not enough to watch gameplay footage and read a story synopsis and go, yeah, no, that's definitely bad. <laughs> like, do you really well, need to? There's enough material out there where I believe when it first released, I get it. When you were having Metacritic reviews a minute after the page opened up on launch day and they were all one star or zero star, just classic review bombing. I get it. Nobody has played through the game. Don't leave reviews. We are now well, well, well past a year. What is it? Two years at this point? Almost past the release. People do not need to play the game. They don't. They don't need to. All right. There's a ton of material out there. There's hundreds, if not thousands of reviews on on the game every type of gameplay video analysis at a certain point you can watch that stuff and understand why a game's story is bad or good what's good or bad about a game's combat systems and gameplay right there is a point that comes when you don't need to play through the entirety of a game to have an opinion on it last of us has has crossed uh that point by now especially because it was such a firestorm when it came out yeah right there's yeah, probably sure. more material on that game than any game released in the past three years well that there, i was online. just thinking there's some people that definitely are of the opinion that in order to have an informed opinion on a game you need to watch it or play it sorry i was mixing movies in my head because i was thinking about movies while i was saying video games you have a more well-rounded opinion no doubt the most full experience you can have with the game is playing it however i think it's well within the rights of someone to be able to research a game i mean i watched hours of gameplay of last of us 2 and read. did you really i did i watched a couple streams of it so i watched like a collective like three hours of that game and you know i know how the story goes and i can say with relative certainty that's a big old disappointment <laughs> but I guess I'm not a real yeah. gamer since I haven't given Neil Druckmann my money that he doesn't deserve. Well, that kind of goes back to the whole thing where with, with you, you have a tendency, I hope I'm not being too offensive here, but a tendency to uh, boycott things if you don't think somebody deserves money. Yeah, um, <laughs> true. And I, I don't. 
I, I am, not, again, not of the opinion that you need to play a game in order to have an opinion on it, but I like to have that, that much more information. There's multiple and, reasons that you can boycott something, and one of them could be is that the product itself is bad. Even if I hated Neil Druckmann... That's just being a, smart with your money. It's not a boycott. That's just not buying garbage. Well, that's fair. But in this instance, let's say I thought Neil Druckmann was a stupid idiot, but he made a really good game, and that game was Last of Us 2, and yeah. it was just a phenomenal blockbuster, fantastic game. Then I'd probably end up buying Last of Us 1 to play so I could then play Last of Us 2 with the context of Last of Us 1. So that one's a bit of a two-sided thing. I'll, I will note that neil Druckmann being a stupid head isn't enough for me not to buy his games but him making a bad game is certainly the only reason i will need what basically happened like i said it's not wasting your money it's like somebody told me hey there's uh there's a bag of croissants out behind your dumpster out there they look brand new they look good i go outside and there's a bunch of people who are like dude that's not a bag of croissants that's a that's a bag of, of rotten eggshells and everybody says that. i'm like but i gotta see for myself he's like well I can't let you see unless you pay me 25 bucks. I'm like, okay. I handed over 25 bucks. I'm like, okay, no, it actually is just a rotten bag of eggshells. A really well-rendered bag of eggshells with a good soundtrack, though. Right. That's exactly it. What I effectively got was a bag of bro- rotten eggshells with a couple of croissants and little sandwich baggies. I was like, okay, I'll take the, I'll take the croissants, but the rest of this is kind of garbage. Yeah. And I'm not sure I feel comfortable consuming the croissants because they've been mixed in with that, with that bag of eggshells. Yeah, and those, kind of but those thing. croissants were really overpriced, so you got to consume them at that point. They were very expensive croissants. You paid twenty five. Croissants are not very croissants. expensive. No, I mean, have you ever been to a, like a bodega in Italy? No. Yeah, they're not. Very, I mean, they're a little more expensive here because of the international shipping costs because we ship them from Italy. Yeah, I think we're getting to bodegas, and I don't know what a bodega is, so maybe we should move on to our next topic (laughs) before I get too lost. (laughs) I'm just throwing a word salad, okay? Our second story comes from IGN. The best of video game news. This one surprised me. So the headline reads... Well, not at all, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Disappointingly, the headline reads, Sonic 2 poster revealed and trailer to follow at the Game Awards. Wow. Simply magical. Quote, as shared on Twitter, Paramount has shown off the first poster for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie sequel. In the tweet, the company also announced that the world premiere of the film's new trailer will be released tomorrow during the Game Awards. Cool stuff, except not really. We already saw how the first debacle went with the whole Sonic film and how no one really loved it. However, I think that the Sonic movie No, it was proved, well received. I was about to say it wasn't phenomenal oh. by any means. However, it did prove that a video game movie could be not terrible. <laughs> yes, that is fair. Can you imagine if they released this trailer tomorrow and they reverted back to the original Sonic the Hedgehog render? That would be such an epic meme, honestly. <laughs> that would be, be so, so funny. funny I wouldn't even be angry about it. But then I was like, ha, that's a funny joke. But then the movie actually releases like that. And they're like, yeah, screw you guys. We got you. Like, no, we actually want to, we actually hate you. Like, they just think it's a troll, but that's the final product. <laughs> See, I have a bit of a, like, frustrating relationship with this. I didn't watch the Sonic movie because I didn't want to be disappointed by it because I actually have this weird childhood attachment with Sonic 
I played a few Sonic games growing up, not a ton, but some. And then I, one of my favorite shows growing up was Sonic X. It was this Japanese mm-hmm. Sonic anime that was then dubbed over and uh, aired on the CW for a few years. And so I have this really strange attachment to the character in the Sonic universe. However, I don't really have any modern connection to it. So I don't watch any of these games or anything like that. But I really would like to see Sonic do well just because I like Sonic. However, it's really hard to watch a new opportunity open up for that game to bomb on the big screen. (laughs) And at this point, it feels like it is nothing more than a cash grab, which if it's a video game movie, it probably is to begin with. I feel like I'm, I'm the dude from this morning. Oh, they're just trying to make money, but there is a cynical way of making money. And there's an honest way of making money. I have the feeling it was much more like that movie made a lot of money. Um, can we get the intern to to whip whip up the script for this thing real quick? Cause um, I want a sequel. <laughs> yeah, we need I mean? more like quality Sonic content, like a new uh Sonic RPGs in the vein of Sonic Adventure or something like that. Cause there's a lot of really cool characters. I I just uh, I want more quality content that isn't this rotten cash crap that's gonna make me depressed. Sucked. Like, their big thing is they're introducing Tails. And Knuckles. Or is he in the first one, Or too? Knuckles. Both. Wait. Tails and Knuckles, I believe. Did you see the article about Knuckles? I saw a thing that was like, Idris Elba will not make Knuckles the Echidna sexy, <laughs> dot, 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 intentionally. Yeah, I don't know what that even means. Like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna sexy talk? I don't know, but it's like... like I, hear... I, I, I... Hand to God, I will not vocal fry in my performance of Knuckles in the Sonic 2 movie. He will not be sexy. I will make him as unsexy as possible. What a weird, what a weird voice for Knuckles. I don't think so. You don't think so? Knuckles is like kind of gravelly and old sounding, so kind of gruff. I guess. Maybe it's just a, a little bit of dissonance between his character model and the voice. Maybe so. So I feel like Sonic's voice is fine. It works. Yeah. But speaking of like, I don't know. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. I please. Yeah. I just it's just yeah. Speaking of m- missed casting, which is kind of turning into a uh, to a movie and show podcast, but it's all gaming related. The Last of Us uh, series on HBO. They have confirmed another cast member. They're doing Nick Offerman as Bill. I remember his his last name. See, one of those things. Um, Bill is again from the first game. This is coming from IGN as well. Nick Offerman, best known as Ron Swanson in Parks and Recreation and innumerable memes from it, will play Bill. Those who have played The Last of Us will know that Bill is the man Joel and Ellie visit in the booby-trapped town of Lincoln shortly after leaving Boston. This nice. is, I feel, the most solid pick out of anyone they've they've chosen solely on his voice because bill has a very deep gravelly voice kind of like nick offerman although i don't know if he's necessarily gravelly no it's just firm very firm yeah he's not he's not gravelly i i I was scrolling through this and and they've had you know every couple days or weeks whatever they confirm a new cast member for this series you were getting into it (laughs) now look yes you do not need to have cast members that look exactly 
like the people in a video game. It is a it is a TV show at the end of the day. But what in the hell? Bella Ramsey Look, I there's a lot of very offensive things I could say, but I will not be sending death threats nor will I be doxing anybody. Bella Ramsey is the most asinine choice for Ellie. Going from visuals alone, right? Gabriel Gabriel Luna as Tommy. Now, I'm going to flip this in a second. So this guy is very, like, pronouncedly Latino. There's nothing wrong with being Latino. However, if you're casting for a show with characters that already exist, does it hurt you to just choose a character that actually fits the description? Another thing that confused me. Now, I know Neil... Druckmann's sensibilities tend towards more progressive things. And and he has admitted, this is not conspiracy, but he's he admitted that he, he puts black characters into his games because he wants to be more socially conscious, right? That's fine. So what confuses me, he has a black character named Marlene. She plays a pretty big role. She's black in the game, and then he replaces her with, like, a Latina-looking chick. I'm like, dude, no, you had it. You, you had what you wanted. Why did you now change it? He reversed racism to himself. I was trying it's so to bizarre. explain this to you, but you weren't getting it. Explain what? That the Latino community is already put upon, so they're good. They're like... But there's no there's no Latina Lives Matter movement. They're not the, they're not the top of the totem pole. The Latin I'm just X, confused mind as, you. See, well, they, I think we're doing yeah, away with see, that now. They, I think we're doing away with that now. I'm just saying, it's a very weird... I guess he probably didn't, to be fair. Neil, Neil Druckmann didn't cast. He didn't do the casting, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I'm sure I'd he imagine has he put no up a He's like, hey, 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 I put that black character there for a reason. Do, do not make them Latino. <laughs> well, what was really funny is that I'm already concerned about this show because... Uh, this is from a separate article, but I sent you a screenshot of it, but I think it's worth reading right here. The show's 10 episode yeah. first season is said to be adapting 2013's Last of Us, but executive producer, so he's the executive producer of the show. Awesome. Neil Druckmann has already re- revealed that some episodes will deviate greatly from the events of the acclaimed game. However, both he and showrunner Craig Mazine have assured fans that the story will only enhance previous material rather than undo it. Now, here's the thing with that. I can't trust Neil Druckmann as far as I can throw him to enhance a good story because I've seen his story writing skills and it's pretty abysmal. <laughs> he wrote a dog water protagonist, a terrible conflict that was grueling and long, picked the worst characters to take certain actions and then chose the worst actions and most nonsensical actions for most all of his characters. So if he's telling me and more importantly, the last of us fan base, you know, the ones that still remain after his atrocity that don't worry guys, it's going to deviate from this already phenomenal story, but it's going to be better. It's going to enhance it. I have some serious trepidation about that. (laughs) Okay. Well, Here's where I do understand it. The entirety of the game, including gameplay, is roughly 10 hours, right? If you're going to make a 10-episode season of 50 to an hour-long episodes, 
you're going to have to do some editorializing. You're going to have to add things. That is a given, right? However, then you would say expanding instead of deviating and enhancing. There's still two different things. That is fair. That's fair. But yeah, like you're saying, I'm just not confident in his ability to write stories. Yeah, I'm not either. Anyone who's read the synopsis and has any grasp on what makes a compelling character can understand that Ellie is a really terrible protagonist. In the second game, to be yes, clear. Yes, in the second game here. we are talking about, which he also yeah. had directed. I think it was a half and half with the first game, if I'm not mistaken. It was it was him and Bruce Straley. Or once uh, Bruce got the boot or quit, whatever he did, it was full on Neil. And that's when we got Last of Us Part 2. So... He hasn't learned his he hasn't learned his lesson either because I'm <laughs> he's really stuck to his guns on it. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. It's like I, hey, come on, take a little criticism. I get I get most people criticizing your game are extraordinarily toxic. But that doesn't mean that some who aren't sending you death threats and have actual points, you know. You can you can get rid of the chaff and just find the wheat underneath that are people who legitimately liked the first game, didn't like the second, and want the third to be better, or the T V show or whatever the case may be. There can still be decent people. I think that takes us to about our time. Don't you think so? I think it does. So appreciate you guys listening. Go ahead and check out. We had mentioned the last episode. We're now partnered with uh, the Hard, Hard Drive Sigma. at harddrivesigma.com. The website will be posting articles, reviews, a bunch of other stuff on there. We have our own little deep fried gaming page. There is an email in the description of this episode, wherever you are listening to it or watching, watching it because this is going to be a very engaging one to watch. And you can send us all of uh, your questions, comments, hate mails, call us crude names. Maybe it'll be read, maybe it won't. Um, And we will see you in the next episode.